Thank you guys. Thank you for listening. Just super. This episode brought to you by Snapple, including this upcoming segment, Snapple Fact of the Day. That's right, everybody. No, you just uh, listened on in. I got to. No, that's not true, guys. We are not sponsored by Snapple. The Snapple fact of today is that Are we gonna get the sued? average house fly is uh is the speed is about four point five miles per hour. Isn't that such a fun Snapple fact, Cordell? Caleb, is this gonna be a lawsuit? No, wait, we're not. We're not. No, see, no, but but I had this idea. So, what I was thinking was, you know how we're not sponsored by anything yet. Yeah. Yes, yet? I do. Um. So I was thinking if we acted if we acted like we were sponsored and and did uh, a little corporate sponsor uh, uh, segment such as the Snapple fact of the day uh, that would uh, that would maybe show uh, show the the big the, the boys with the money that us boys we, we boys can handle it or it'll get these boys hit with a slap suit. Play music. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Just Super, where we analyze, criticize, and otherwise size up superhero fiction. No story is off limits, and no medium is safe. I'm Cordell, the one who knows for a fact we are not yet sponsored. And I am Caleb, the one that's really just hoping we get sponsored. Maybe Mountain Dew. Maybe Mountain Dew is the way to go. We're we're real gamers. Yeah, we're real gamers. If Baja Blast was like, yo, we'll sponsor you, I would drink it every day till I died. Well, I don't think they would have to sponsor us for you to drink it every day until you die. Yeah, but I would have a better way of explaining it to people when I started my addiction further down the road, you know? <laughs> well, this is a special episode uh, for you listeners because we are doing uh, basically episode two of the Plot Pitch Hour, uh, which is our uh, one of our bonus content type things, but we're putting it on the main feed because... Your boy is going to get married in a couple weeks. And by the time you're listening to it, I will have gotten married, so I'll be on my honeymoon. Yeah! And so we figured, uh, you know, instead of panicking and trying to put out content, we were like, hey, we're just going to put out a plot pitch hour. It's all fun, and this is good. The and first it's plot pitch hour is decidedly not good. content. It is decidedly not content. It is content. It is just not our uh, standard fair content. Yeah. Uh, the first plot pitch hour I really liked, uh, it focuses on Cordell's idea, uh, because my idea was deemed not good enough, but this episode, it is good enough. Oh yeah, when you hit the bottom of the barrel, everything's good enough. And that's a Snapple fact. That's a Snapple fact, when you hit the bottom of the barrel, everything looks okay. Could you imagine if that was what Snapple facts were? They weren't, like, actual facts about stuff. It was just really, really depressed ramblings. Snapple, can you hire us to write existential Snapple facts? Yes. Ex-snap- Existential. 
We'll work on and, that. We'll work on. We'll that. work on it. But like some of them, yeah. When when you're at the bottom of the barrel, everything looks better. Or uh, that that's a good one from Cordell. Uh, mine is, um, if 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 you if you're happy and you know it, don't tell other people because they might be jealous. Anyway, Caleb, it's your turn to bring a pitch. I hope it's better than that. It is better than that. So my pitch is uh, what we're doing. Uh, the pitch I'm bringing forward that we're going to talk about this week is the same that I brought up in the first episode, which is the many lives of the Hoskins family. Um, it's a baller idea. I'm very excited. I- I'm pretty excited. The the basic form of it, if you want to go back in our feed and listen, there is a uh, uh, one of the episodes where we do two characters in one where I do talk about exceptional uh, and exceptional is Barry Hoskins, who has the unfortunate Bailey. power. Bailey Hoskins. I Bailey and Barry are so close in my head that I can't differentiate them. And I'm sorry about that. Bailey Hoskins uh, has the unfortunate power of exploding once and then he's dead. Just so good. So it's good on the writers. For wildly. It's a wildly unfortunate power. That has the potential to be super awesome. He'll just never know if it actually was. Yeah. And and so that's kind of what gave me this idea of a mini series, I think 12 issues max, of the Hoskins family throughout the years. And that I I, I think it'd be like every other generation or, or something along that lines that they have this power of exploding once or maybe it's not every other generation but it's like like an uncle will have it and then the nephew will something like that where it's not as consistent but it is there and it is a power that runs in the family yeah it's it's definitely in the bloodline but it's not easily tracked yes yeah it's not easily tracked it's nothing like that um but that was kind of my idea that led me to this uh, of the these the tracking the, these family members that have had the power and kind of dialing in on the anxiety of it uh, and the pressure of knowing that you could potentially stop anything or start and, something or start something and you just don't know what to do. And do you do the thing that you need to do? Mm. Do you have the guts to go through with it? Yes. Which there's a lot to think about with it. Like uh, genuinely, there is a lot to process with it. However, your now as the releasing of this episode, your wife came up with some killer ideas. She's a killer woman. She's a great, she had some like amazingly written out things that she sent to me as ideas um, for some of the family members specifically and like getting into it Mm -hmm. and like what are some of the problems that they face and do they go through with it? And I, I think they are brilliant. However, I want to start off. What, what do you think is kind of the strong point of this idea and where do you see that it could fall apart? Like first impression? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the strong point is the unique concept. Like, 
exceptional was a unique concept at his core anyway. Like, how often do you see a, a superhero who can only use their power once and will die and kill a lot of people when they do? So that's really yeah. interesting. Trying to find out how this has impacted the family for generations is really, really, really cool. I think the weak point is trying to make each story different enough and trying to segment and divide and, like, tell diverse enough stories that they're all worth telling rather than having 12 versions of meet a character, get a little bit about their lives. Oh, no, can they save the day? You know? Yeah, I, I get that. Um, I think w one thing that you mentioned um, is, like, 12 characters, 12 issues, like... That makes sense. In my brain, it would be six. Oh, so gotcha. two issues per character to kind of really get that first issue to dial in and get to know them. That way, the weight of the second issue of seeing them in the moment of making the decision has a little bit more feel and grip to yeah. it. Um, and and maybe this isn't like a, a series type thing. Maybe this is more about like graphic novel type thing like that compilation right out of the gate mm -hmm. um but you know I, I you know marvel will probably unless they hire me to write this which marvel please uh marvel we write. are sponsored by snapple you got to get in on this and we're about to be sponsored by just baja blast not the rest of mountain dew yeah the rest of mountain dew doesn't just want anything baja to do with blast. us no, nothing. But that, uh, yeah, but two issues or a chapter per, or yeah. two issues or two chapters per character, that way it's a little bit more fleshed out. Mm -hmm. I, I, I think, and you might have some good ideas for this, but what are the points in history that we can play off of? Because... If it's set in the Marvel world, it, it it parallels our history, but it is not exact. And yeah. so that is something that I am probably going to really enjoy playing with potentially. Um, but there are some things that we definitely know exist in the uh, Marvel universe that I want to play off of. One of them brought up by your now wife. What if there was a person on one of the planes heading towards the Twin Towers that could have stopped it but didn't. Oh, yikes. That's heavy. Yeah, that was... She just she just said 9-11 question mark, and I was like, oh, that's heavy. But, like, that's the kind of stuff that I want to play with. Yeah. And play isn't a great term, but it's... it's the kind of... The idea of The it. weight, and, like, you're inherently dealing with a character concept and power that will lead to death and that will be connected to those things. And so I think what matters is just learning how to handle it well, because there's it concepts like, Oh, dealing with nine 11 and superpowers and like all of that, that is really, really a tight rope kind of situation where you got to know what you're going to say and you got to be ready to defend it. it. It is. And I think there is, uh, I, I, and I think Marvel has precedence for this, uh, specifically with the nine 11 Spider-Man issue, because Spider-Man is a New York character. Mm -hmm. 
through and through. And so uh, there is, and listeners, if you can ever read it, you can probably find a PDF of it online. Um, I'm more than okay with, I'm more than okay with endorsing reading PDFs. Um, Personally, maybe not, that's not the show's stance, but Caleb Burley's stance is, yeah, if that's the only way you can read it, read it that way. Um, the 9-11 issue of Spider-Man is one of the, in my mind, the most important comic books ever, um, because it showed how do we deal with real world bad situations and handle them appropriately. It's not like the early Captain America books where it's, ah, we're in World War Two, and here's how we're going to fight this. Captain America's just going to punch Hitler in the face. That's a cool idea, but that is not handling it with tact. That's just yeah, yeah, saying this is the obvious bad guy. We're going to beat him up. But it, but with that, it's like so dealing with like, imagine if you were like on the plane that was about to hit the world. Like you knew that you now know that it's hijacked, but you don't know the repercussions that are going to come from this. In that moment, you don't know that you are living through history. You just yes. know that your plane's been hijacked and why like why my vision for this honestly what comes to mind is that this person does not blow up. I I agree with you. But on they choose that. not to I, because I, it, why would they do that? You know, in their mind they don't know what's going to happen. They don't know what's about to follow. They just know that they would kill everyone around them if they did that. Yeah, and I and, and that's what I'm thinking is that like they don't do it. And that's like a very that is exactly what I'm thinking. But like there's stuff like that where it's like now I need six things that aren't all that same weight because obviously some of them have to be more weighty than others. But like another one that your wife wrote in that I thought that is not as weighty, but it is rough Mm -hmm. to think about because like. All hands, Emily Lipford, holy crap, you're an amazing writer. Emily Lipford Hutchison, I don't know how you guys are doing last night, but wow, you're an insanely good writer, but a little kid that does not know how to control his powers that blows himself up because he's being bullied. Oh, oh, Emily, why? This is like, this is what I'm like, this is like why I want to do the Hoskins family so much. And the, the plot is, is it's generally kind of hard to talk about this plot without just being like, here are each of the six family members and here's what they do. But yeah. Like, but part of me doesn't want to do that. And part of me kind of wants to like have a little bit of secrecy to it. You know, I, I kind of like the angle you could take where instead of I'm a narrator and here's like find a good framing device through which to tell these stories maybe the we're dealing with an, a different universe where this world's bailey hoskins knows of his power doesn't know what to do finds a way to relive the lives and to watch the lives of his family members in the past who have had the power and see what they did and how they lived because that way it's it's a connected story to him and his situation and it would give you kind of a grounding to tell the story through. But I don't know if you like that very much. I like it. It kind of gives me an idea. Sweet. Of, 
and this is where the pitch begins. And this is like framing wise. Mm-hmm. Issue one is Bailey finding a way we can and create this mutant that their power is like if they get a drop of blood from you or something like that that has like DNA if mm-hmm. inherently within it, they can look through your family history and show you moments. Yeah, yeah, and show you people. And so, I, like, I think we start... That is issue one, framing. We basically make Ancestry.com the mutant. We basically make Ancestry.com. I bet they get so much money just from random people being like, Hi, I'd like to see who my great-grandfather was. And then they go back and be like, Oh, no, he was a really bad man. Literally, like, literally every episode of, like, that, that TV show where celebrities are like, I want to discover my family. Inevitably, every white person from America that goes on that show, they go back and be like, your great-granddad owned slaves. And they're like, oh, no. Yeah, yeah. This there's, is bad. There's always some horrific reveal from their past. Like, oh, your f- grandfather was a Nazi sympathizer, you know? Yeah. So I imagine that's always something like that. This mutant's day-to-day life is that. And then Bailey's like, hi, I'd like to not look at that. Look at this. And they go, finally, something different. Yeah. And like, like, so that being issue one of like Bailey finding this mutant and setting up the framework of this is what's going on. A good old Frankenstein kind of setup without any of the Frankenstein setup. But no Frankenstein, yeah. Um, to then lead to like issues two and three is the furthest back they could get. Oh, Four, so five they start the in next. They up. start in the grand, the furthest back, and work their way through time. Yeah, that way, like the last like issues, it would be ten and eleven would be the nine eleven incident. Oh, and that's leading a, to twelve. Yeah. The last one being Bailey making his own decision finally. Wow. And to the 9-11 incident, I think, because not having them blow themselves up is the best story, like story decision and theme decision, I think, because we also get to watch the real life heroes who actually tried to save the plane, you know? Yeah. Like, I think maybe like he could be involved in like the trying, but also not exploding you know like or honestly maybe i just love those gut punch moments what if they just sit there because they're too petrified with fear to move i feel like if they did that i would almost want like a page that is a pov drawing of him watching everyone else do it while he is just yeah that's too too terrifying that's such a gut punch and i feel like that moment would spur bailey to actually act when his time comes yeah yeah and like it may be that oh there would it would be so much setup but showing like <laughs> okay showing like hitler didn't kill hitler it was actually one of his relatives exploding the bunker yeah stuff like that like showing like moments of like actual heroism and then counterpointing it with that and like maybe have two where maybe have two different things where it's just there's nothing that they did they didn't do anything yeah and i don't have a reference point for how strong these explosions are 
but I think they could it, potentially at their strongest level a state is the way they frame it. Like okay. a big state like Montana. Because I like the st- the kind of setup where in the beginning of this story, the world is under siege by something. Like my mind goes to Galactus, for example. Galactus mm-hmm. is consuming the world slowly. In this world, he does it slowly. Mm-hmm. And Bailey is struggling because he knows he's got this. But he doesn't quite know. So he goes to this mutant to see what his family has done in the past. Mm-hmm. And like, so that's the first issue. And then the last issue is him being like, I know what to do. And then he goes and kind of like intentionally gets taken up by Galactus and detonates to kill him. I think that would be good. My initial idea was to stick with the initial Bailey Hoskins story a little bit and okay. go off of Midas, uh, who is a character that he is intensely evil everything he touches turns to gold and he literally uses it to just if he has an enemy that he doesn't want to do anymore just touches him turns him into gold now they're a gold statue and he just hoards wealth and just like there's one instance in the bailey the initial bailey hoskins story where because midas and professor x are disagreeing he just turns professor professor x's tongue into gold and makes him swallow it and choke on his own tongue Ah. like like, Midas is a despicable character, but I do like the idea of, like, you're a, a Galactus or, a, you know, to make it more approachable for people that haven't read the comics as much yeah. and are more in touch with the movie side of things. Make it a Thanos type thing yeah. or something like that. Something like that. I like the idea that, one, because I don't know if how much you want to tread that familiar ground if we're in a different universe. Yeah. But also, like... To have this worst X-Men ever go and defeat Galactus single-handedly, I think that's an awesome story. And really, that would make it at its core. Whatever his story is, at the core of it, it's really about overcoming that fear and taking that step and doing the right thing, even at the ultimate cost. Yeah. Galactus might be the right move. Now that I'm thinking about it more, I agree with you on that. I, yeah, Galactus is the right move. Sweet. But I do want to hear, I, I kind of threw us forward to the end. We, <laughs> I should, we should probably rewind it to go back to the beginning stuff so you can lay out what you're thinking. Yeah, so basically, I, I if we go with Galactus is slowly consuming things, um... We can just set that up and just have that stated first page. You'd be like, this is the state the world is in. Everything is screwed. I don't know what to do. Yeah. And I think it'd be awesome if just the opening panel of this comic is the Earth with Galactus's like shadow. I don't imagine the dude Galactus version. I imagine like the cloud of cosmic stuff Galactus more. Huh. Okay. Because I think the dude is kind of silly. But... I think it'd be cool to have, like, just a shot of Earth, and then there's this massive cloud over, like, a chunk of it, and you can see, like, chunks of the planet flying up. And it's just this, like, zoomed-out shot of what's going on, and then we the next thing is, like, just open up on Bailey. And then we... I like it as more of a background detail that's not necessarily, like, here's the state of the world, you know? But yeah, it's your story, so... Yeah, well, I think uh, starting on that 
frame of Galactus like pulling away stuff bit by bit and then cutting to Bailey and Bailey's just like, yep, that's what's going on. Yeah, I like that. I, I think instead of it being like, oh, this is horrible and this is how everything is going to end. <laughs> it's just like, no, this is it. Yeah, I dig that. That is it, it. Like I, and I think that's how I kind of like stories. Anyway, I don't like stories where it's like this big horrible thing is going to divide. Leave that to the B film. Yeah, or leave that to something that can use it well. Don't just make that your standard. No, yeah, I like. I like the idea of like, yeah, the world is screwed. Nothing we can do. Yeah, it. That's just the way it is. That's how it, and then that leads Bailey to being like, well, I know I have this power. I don't know if I can do it. Yeah. I don't know if this is what I need to do. And I I think part of it, like part of the like anxiety and um worry from Bailey, because I don't think part of it is exactly to anxiety levels, but just worry. And then some of it is legit anxiety is how do I know there's not going to be something worse? Yeah. Yeah. Like if I literally die when I do this, how do I know that it's going to be worth dying for or that it'll even finish the job either? Yeah. Like it's kind of like, this is my, and I think that's another thing. Not to like jump to the end. I don't want to end knowing it worked. Oh no. I feel like if the story is all about Bailey's perspective, except that first panel, I think he gets taken up and then he closes his eyes and then we just get like a white pain and we don't know. Yeah. Cause that's so cool. That is so cool. And plus, sorry, he spends the entire time watching his family, knowing the lens of history, but none of them knew if it would work either. Yeah. Like this great, great uncle that exploded and killed Hitler didn't know if that was actually going to stop the war. Yeah. And you know what? In all honesty, that's not what did it. No, the war kept going for a while. Like it maybe sped things up a bit, but not really. And like that, that like, I think even like to Bailey that, that, that lens is through a, a, that view that is viewed as a success. Mm. because it did something yeah yeah it got like it got the goal done it still killed hitler like that's kind of yeah that's i would say that's a fair thing to be proud of right but then like having it to where it's like a little kid on a playground or a little kid like in the middle of a field accidentally exploding everything it's like I think Bailey doesn't know whether to qualify that as a failure or a success. He's just like, so that's, what if that's the first one? Oh, like what the if first that's how ever we, the lineage Hoskins. figured it out? Yeah, because Bailey in the present gets a nice little test that says, "Hey, this is your power." But what do you do in the past when they don't have that test? It's like the, the old joke of, how did people know things were poisonous until someone just dropped dead from eating it? No, like, literally, I think that's it, is that it's just, like, great, 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 great uncle just, like, being bullied uh, and some something, ha- like, being bullied, he gets frustrated, he gets upset, he's angry, boom, the whole village is gone. Oof, and his family was, like, 
lived out of town and they just the like they live outside the village kind of deal. Well, I was thinking more as it's like I, I think I framed it as like distant relative because it's like that was another branch of the family. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like another branch of the family that happened and then we fast forward a couple hundred years and it's like or we fast forward an amount of years and it's like hey cool uh maybe I, I really I'm trying to think of like good ones in between like world like old old world and like World War two is kind of like I think like post World War two is when we move to like America and get the American branch yeah. started. But like before that, I would I would need to like study and like figure out a little bit more. But like, oh, 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 um, the the fifth of November, the Guy Fox. I was literally just thinking yeah. about Guy Fox. He was actually yeah, like straight up the idea in my mind. Yeah, like I, I just yeah, just Guy we're Fox. thinking the same thing. But yeah. like Guy Fox, like the reason it doesn't work is the person they put on the front of the train that was supposed to explode didn't do it. Yeah. And, like, there is a bunch of actual detonative, detonation stuff in there, but it was supposed to be... He was the one to yeah. kickstart it and get it going. Yeah, and I think I think the real question in terms of you figuring out what historical events to use, do you want every historical event to be related to an explosion somehow or just history? I think it's just history. Okay. Like, I think some of the ones that the person didn't decide to do it is, like... Well, if this person would have just died somehow, or, like, this group of people would have died... Yeah. Things would have been better, but then this, you know, my great-great-great-great-great-uncle decided not to do it, and now we're stuck with the repercussions of that. I do think it's important, though, to show stories where they didn't do it and everything was better because of it, too. I don't think... I don't want the message to come across here as... Using the power was always the right choice. Fair. I didn't I didn't really think of that. Um You know, like I think I think there are definitely times where it's the right choice, but I want to see a good variety of exploding was the right thing. Exploding was the wrong thing. Not exploding was the right thing. Not exploding was the wrong thing. Like to get a good smattering of outcomes so that it's not just one size fits all of, oh great, it's either good to blow up or bad to not. Yeah, I didn't. Ooh, I didn't think about that. Okay, okay, that gives me some stuff to think about for sure, and really figure out what's going on there. Yeah, because there's there's a lot of good roots to it. You know, there's a lot of good main ideas and some excellent points in history to pick. I just think maybe it'll be better to have like some points in history where things were I don't know resolved peacefully or something before it got too bad. And maybe the person in charge of the peace talks was a Hoskins. That sort of thing. Oh, okay. Yeah. You know, kind of the, yeah. the powers aren't always the answer, even if it might well be kind of deal. But I'm okay. just I'm just spitballing at this point. I just think yeah, it's no, cool no. to get that variety for your audience. I I like it. It's it's giving me things to think about at the very least. Also, hey, listeners, uh, you can write in with your ideas and i'm gonna say this if we use if we get a chance to do this and we use them at any point 
I'm gonna give you a. I'm gonna give you credit. Writer for it. credit. Like, yeah. Yeah, like you'll get writer credit for and that, sure. That kind of I think goes for any sort of story pitch concept thing we do. Feel free to share. Like we're we're just talking and making ideas, and that should always be an open conversation. Whether we decide to do anything or whether we ever get the opportunity, I think part of the fun of telling stories and being a fan is getting to talk about what we think stories could be. Yeah, and like that it it is super important to have an open dialogue. Um and so like if you write in and you think that if you if you honestly if you think this is a bad idea and you don't think we should do it or you don't think I should keep thinking about it, I may disagree with you, but if you have legit reason as to why this is a bad idea, I'm going to listen. Yeah. I'm going to listen and take it to heart. An idea is always, well, an idea is almost always worth sharing. You know, I don't want someone being like, hey, your story is bad because I think you're stupid. Don't bring that in here. We'll we'll roast you on the radio. Well, and like, uh, maybe we won't roast you, but like. We already know that we're a little bit stupid. You don't have to tell us that. That's fair. I'll roast you in private for certain, whether or not you get the public burning. <laughs> Be prepared from the spicy tweets from Cordell's account. That's all. You- <laughs> yeah, I just I just tweet listening to Avril Lavigne again, and you know it's about you. You know it's about you. David from Vermont, you wrote in a few weeks ago in this episode, but if you tweeted, if you said bad things about us, we would, we would tweet, oh, we yeah. would not tweet nicely. We would subtweet you, David. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's, that's the thing. And like, I'll be honest, with you, Cordell, and with you, the listeners, I am, one of my faults as a writer is that I kind of struggle coming up with the middle stuff. I think it is a common problem. But I'm going to be honest and say it's one of my big problems is I always know my beginning. I always know my end. It's the stuff in the middle that my brain is just like sometimes it has a really cool beat, but it's getting between those beats. That is an issue. My big issue is that I come up with a lot of cool beats, but almost never know how to connect the story between beats. And I might not have the beginning. I might not have the end. I might not have anything other than this is a really cool moment to hit. And that's all I'm stuck with sometimes. Yeah. Which is why we're generally a pretty good writing pair. Yeah. I think Caleb and I have discovered as we've worked on like personal content and things that we are much better when we can bounce ideas. Yeah. We are much better when we can do that, which is part of the purpose of this show. But also because who knows? You Emily wrote in because of the first plot pitch hour. Yeah. Um, And that inspired this. That inspired us to do this episode again and like to revisit this. So don't be afraid to write in and be like, this is even if you have your own wholesale idea that you want to write in and have us kind of talk about as part of a plot pitch hour. That would be pretty cool. Even if it's a character we don't know a ton about, I'll, I'll do a little bit of research. We'll figure it if out. If you took the time to write in and about an idea you were passionate about, I would wholeheartedly research that character to see what I could do to help. 100%. And even if that's just us like emailing you back ideas instead of talking about it on air, don't think we don't appreciate every time any of you reach out. It means the world to us. 100%.
it means a ton. So, after all of that talk, Cordell, are you still are, are you still a uh, are you still a fan of this idea? I am. Are you more excited, less excited? Where are we at? I'm definitely more excited. I was kind of on the I dig it, but I don't know how you'll pull it off camp. Like I was in that train for a while of I don't I don't know how you'll tell this story, but I think if you told it right, I'd be there the whole time. And I think now that we've talked about it, talked about the different angles and perspectives and really fleshed out what it's really going to be about, I feel much better. The framework, I think, is what sold me really, though, which do not to toot my own idea horn. But (laughs) knowing that there's a reason to tell these stories and not that it's just some random anthology about a family... I like it much more. Yeah, you definitely helped on that front a lot. Um, you know, giving you credit for that 100%. But, Caleb, I want to know, how do you feel after all this? How, Like, are you growing more fond of your idea? Are you cooling off on it? What are, Where are you? I am... I was really excited about the idea going in, and I'm at the same level of excitement... I how however the the main difference between beginning of the recording versus now is not that I'm less excited or anything but now I have actionable ideas and yeah. things that I can actually work with which is what you need to write things you need things that are actionable yes. and now that I have that I can go on and do it awesome I'm really glad about that because it's really fun to brainstorm and to muse and to talk, but it would be the coolest thing in the world, for example, if Marvel's like, yeah, actually, go ahead and write it. We don't care about Bailey. Do whatever you want. That'd be awesome, you know? Or even if it's just some quiet little, I mean, in essence, fan fiction that we talk about, that's okay, too. I'll write fanfic. I've done it before. I'll do it again. I've never written fanfic, and I hope to not start, but I've theorized. I've theorized. Nothing against uh, fanfiction writers. It's just not my no, not my yeah. deal. Some of the best stuff I've ever read was fanfiction stuff. Man. Some, uh, some I, of the literary canon is fanfiction. Dante's Inferno is a mix of fanfic for the Bible and a burn book for his enemies. Yeah. Yeah. The, actually, you know what? My favorite... Oh, man, I'm about to sound pretentious as heck. One of my favorite operas is literally Dante's Inferno fan fiction. Literally, because there's one line in Dante's Inferno mentioning this guy named Gianni Schicchi, who is amongst all the liars and the horrible people and the tax collectors in hell. And this person person was like, I'm just going to write a whole opera about this Gianni Skiki dude and what he did that was so bad that he wound up in hell. Well, I, I'd i be very fascinated to learn whether that was a real dude that Dante really hated. Because, I mean, he talked about his... He talked about people he did not like and put them in circles of hell that he felt were appropriate for their awfulness. Like, it was a burn book for Dante, and I'd really love to see if this Gianni dude is just some poor sap that Dante had a grudge against. I would 100% believe it, but, um, yeah, no, I've definitely like, if it comes down to, I have to write this Bailey Hoskins idea as fan fiction, I'm down. I would be down for that. 
And I mean, hey, Fifty Shades of Grey was fan fiction. It's true. It's true. So we could we could be the next Fifty Shades of Grey. That's right, everybody. Get ready for Fifty Shades of Explosions. The bad boys the of radio are taking over the erotica genre. I dislike this already. So will everyone else. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. But no, I am very excited moving forward. Um do we have anything else we need to talk about for this? Or uh, is let it... me let me look at our outline that we didn't really follow. Um We didn't, but it was a it yeah, felt good. Rough story outline, check. First impressions, check. Why this story? I feel like we hit that. Analysis, yeah, brains I mean, we did it. I think it's it's gonna be a shorter episode, but I think it's about time to wrap this sucker up. Yeah, let's wrap it up then. Okay. <clears throat> There's no not super science corner, guess a picture, anything like that, because it's bonus content. We don't do that. That's our main feed stuff. And plus, I'm on my honeymoon when you're listening to this. I don't want to even think about a guessing game happening this week. But we do have listener mail. This week, we heard from Lindsay from Milwaukee. Ooh. She said, hey, boys. I've been a fan of the show for a while, and I was wondering, if you could write for Marvel or DC, which would you choose and why? Your fan, friend maybe? Lindsay from Milwaukee. Uh, first of all, uh, uh, I would say your friend. Friend. You wrote Lindsay. us listener friend. mail, Lindsay. Your friend. Your friend now. Friend you Lindsay. Can, you... Friend Lindsay, welcome to the circle of podcasting. Um, Wow, Marvel or DC? Yeah. My answer is pretty obvious for anybody who really knows me, and it's Marvel. I I think there's some cool opportunities for DC writing, but most of the stuff I know, most of my favorite characters, most of the stories I'd like to tell tend to fall in Marvel's camp. So I think I'd pick Marvel. Um, I okay. My easy answer is Marvel because I the everything Cordell just listed. I've always been more of a Marvel fan. However, oh, I think DC's characters I really like, and I think I'd like to write for DC. Oh, hey, look at that! I I would like to write some for DC, but I think at the end of the day, tonally and narrative wise, I tend to line up more Marvel. Yeah, and most comic writers wind up writing for both and yeah. kind of float back and forth. So I, I think I would like to be a mainly DC person who writes occasionally for Marvel. I'd mirror that. Mainly Marvel, sometimes DC. I mean, honestly, though, I would love to get hooked up with like a third party and just put out original stories with original characters. Not that yeah, Marvel Dark and Horse. DC aren't Dark awesome. Horse, yeah. get in touch. Dark Horse, image, action. I don't really care, man. If you're going to publish our junk, we're in. Hit us up. We're here for you. Thank you so much, Lindsay from Milwaukee, for writing out, writing out, reaching out. It's always great writing to hear in. from you. Writing in, reaching out, and hanging out, because you're our friend. If you would like to reach out like Lindsay, you can email us at justsuper616 at gmail.com. You could follow us on Twitter at justsuper616. You could follow Caleb the Mighty at awkward from 1997 And you could follow... Cordell, the 
also mighty at Cordelicious. Oh my goodness. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Just Super. This episode has been edited by the one and only Cordell Hutchison, the also mighty. Uh, Thank you to Haley Northington for making our podcast art. Uh, Haley Northington, yet again, also very mighty. I would say the um, mightiest. I would, yeah, I would not want to get in a fight with Haley Northington. Mm-hmm. You can, but if you like the art that we have, or you just want to look at some cool art, you can find more of hers at littlelight97.redbubble.com. She also takes commissions if you're in the business. If you're in the business to get that commish, get that commish. Now, uh, this show is produced by Cordell and I speaking from two separate microphones in two separate places. And we still don't know how to end the show. Bye, everybody. Gotta go on my honeymoon. See you later. Cordell's doing a honeymoon. Bye. Oh, oh. a way you can be super is to stand up to bullies if they exist or to tell other children, to tell children that you know that it's okay to stand up to bullies. That's a good way to be super. Bye. Bye.